Hi, this is Tim Mackesy from Atlanta, Georgia, and I have two guests with, with me this morning, and it's a very exciting thing. I have Katie, who's 25 years old, and Elena, who's 13 years old. Katie was in Elena's chair 12 years ago. Katie was here for help with her stuttering. And I'd like to start with Katie. Come on in. Hi, I'm Katie. I'm really excited to be here today. Katie, tell us um, what you're doing now. You were in speech therapy with me when you were 13 years old, now you're 25. Yeah, so I graduated out of speech therapy um, and I am currently getting my master's degree in speech language pathology at Georgia State University. That is awesome. And it's interesting because we connected Elena and Katie together in February of 2019 just to, just to connect a little bit. And for Elena, it was a chance to meet someone else who, who grew up w w with a stutter. Is there anything um, that you'd like to share, Elena, with Katie, things that, that you've learned from her? Um, well, yeah, it was very helpful helpful to have s s someone who could understand mm -hmm. and um, yeah it was just helpful to have her there that's cool um, when Katie was here we used to talk about Harry Potter <laughs> and we wrote an article in 2007 called Put a Spell on Stuttering. Katie was a Harry, Harry Potter fanatic. I think she had five books were out at that point. She had read them each twice. At least. I know. And one of the themes we talked about was how Voldemort would not be named. They would either say, you know who, or he whom should not be named. And one of the scenes in the movie, in the book, when Dumbledore said to Harry, always use the proper name for things. Fear of a name increases fear of the thing itself. What does that mean to you, Katie? Well, I think that a lot of people who stutter are scared to name stuttering, even to say the word and they're definitely afraid to admit that they are people who stutter and that fear exacerbates the anxiety and the tension um, which then tends to also exacerbate the stutter and makes you want to hide um, and so just being able to come out if you will as a person who stutters was a very important moment in my life mm -hmm. yes there's so much work being done now and being able to disclose I stutter and people will build layers and layers and layers of attempts to protect themselves from being found out so we had a lot of fun with that metaphor another metaphor from Harry Potter was the snare when Ron Harry and Hermione fell through the trap door and the devil snare wrapped around them the more they fought, the tighter it gets. What does that make you think, Katie, about stuttering and your older struggles with stuttering? 
that was always my favorite image for stuttering. It was just so pertinent to how my stuttering manifested mm -hmm. um, because when I would feel the stuttering coming up, I would immediately start f fighting it. I didn't mm -hmm. want it to come out, didn't want anyone to hear it. Um, and so I would try to get through the stutter as quickly as possible. The problem with that is that the faster you try to get through the stuttering and the more you push, the tighter the stutter becomes and the longer it lasts. So it's mm -hmm. a trap, just it, like the double snare. Very good. Um, Elena and I were talking just a minute ago about when we were younger, we got teased and bullied and mimicked and that kind of thing. And we both developed where we would look away from our listeners, we would change words, we would say ums, which I think Katie, you also went through as well. Mm -hmm. It's trying not to stutter. And that brings us to this topic of just, if someone says, just accept it. And Elena was sharing that um, one time, one time she was diagnosed and just told accept it but she wouldn't stand for that outcome do you want to share about that a little bit yeah i was very upset and mad because i knew that that wasn't enough for me mm -hmm. and that i could do better than Mm-hmm. What, what is it you wanted uh, to, to change within the way you communicate and the way you talk and feel about talking? I wanted to speak more fluently. Um, I wanted to be able to talk and be heard mm -hmm. and to not be scared of talking to people mm -hmm. and ashamed and, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all, we hear about the expression how to stutter more easily. And some people get caught up in, you're not supposed to try to control the stuttering. You're not supposed to use a technique. The only way to accomplish stutter more easily is something called a technique or a strategy. I mean, I have to learn to, to, to release the stuttering when it happens to accomplish stutter more easily because there isn't a wand, like in Harry Potter, where someone can wave a wand, stutterus erasus. <laughs> and sorry for that. <laughs> so it does require um, patience, some strategies and techniques to um, be able to talk at lunch when it's busy, right, Elena? You just yeah. wanted to, when kids are talking about something on the on the internet, something popular, that you wanted to be able to enter that conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I wanted to raise my hand and to be able to just not be scared of it because mm -hmm. I was. Mm -hmm. So. Again, we come back to the word being able to control. We have to be able to control our mind and body and our speech to give ourselves the freedom to raise our hand and talk or to read out loud. Um, do, you, do you want to add on to that, Katie? Um, in your 12 years since I worked with you, 
how you've benefited from l learning to to ease words out and smooth them out. Right. Well, it's one thing to say, just accept your stuttering and just stutter. It's completely a different matter when you're sitting in a college classroom and the teacher asks a question and you know it, but you know you're about to stutter in front of a room of 20 or 30 other adults. Um, and it meant a lot to me to have the tools in my toolbox to be able to um, stutter m more easily, like we talked about, and mm -hmm. not have a massive block in front of the whole classroom when I'm trying to get my point across. And you've you've been able to speak at two screenings of When I Stutter. I have. In the last year and a half, the smallest crowd was about 80 and the biggest crowd was 110. Amazing. Yeah, you were able to do that. And I know, having gone before you, that in clinic, you'll be, somebody will be behind a two-way mirror as you administer a test to someone in the clinic, that's nerve-wracking, I've been there. When you have to read test questions verbatim for the test to be standardized, and you're being graded, and people are behind the two-way mirror, that you want a semblance of being able to, to finesse your words. Um, so that's very helpful. Elena, you shared that, um, you know, about your brother, your older brother has d d dyslexia. Yeah. And how has his story inspired you to want to evolve and meet your own speech goals? Well, I saw him work very hard to achieve his goals and reading and and I was like okay and I can do that too with my speech mm -hmm. yeah and that inspired me a lot because I was like wow that's impressive <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah there's so much in common between dyslexia and stuttering if I have d dyslexia it's going to affect my spelling my ability to read out loud, my reading comprehension, my ability to learn. If someone's diagnosed with dyslexia, then immediately that person receives tutoring, there's specialized schools, and because the mission statement is to get them to be able to read, to get through high school, college, and a career. And stuttering is strikingly similar. It's going to affect your ability to even say your first name, ability to read out loud, to raise your hand, be in a play, do a show and tell, do a science fair. So stuttering and dyslexia have a lot in common. If a person has dyslexia, we would never say just accept it. We would find out exactly where they are and we would give them, like Katie said, a toolbox. So you've seen your brother work hard for at least two years, right? Yes, yeah. To get better and better at his reading. Mm -hmm. 
That is cool. Um, what advice do you all have for all the kids going back to school? It's August right now. Kids are going back to school. Some kids might be afraid to stutter, whether it's online or in person. What kind of advice do you have for them? Um, I would say just don't worry about what other people think because it's irrelevant. Ooh, why is that? I like that. Why is that? Because why does it matter what others think about you? It shouldn't. I love it. Um, going off what Elena said, something that Tim told me a long time ago is that you are more than stuttering. Because I used to identify with my stuttering and that was the only thing about me that mattered and I thought that was the only thing people remembered about me and thought about me was that I was just the weird kid who stuttered mm -hmm. and that's just not true. I'm an artist, I'm a good student, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister. Um, there's so much more to me than just my stuttering. So I think Elena's advice is really good. Just remember that you are more than your stuttering. Um, and that's not the thing that people are going to always remember about you because you're more than that. Um, and then also I would say to make sure you get the help you need, you know? Um, talk to your parents about what you need so that they can talk to your teachers and make sure you're getting the support that you need to be successful and not be put in a tight spot um, at school when you don't need to be. If you're worried what people think about you when you stutter, then you do what psychologists call project your thoughts. When you know the answer, and you want to raise your hand, but you hold back because you're afraid you'll be judged if you stutter. So you're, you imagine what people think. So I love what you said, Elena, is what people think about me if I stutter is irrelevant. And then when Katie said, I am more than stuttering, that is profound. It's true. People who stutter tend to have anxiety about stuttering. So if we disclose we stutter, um, and we reframe our thoughts, I'm more than stuttering, as, as Katie said, our anxiety and fear of stuttering goes down. Elena, you were sharing that you decided to tell, to, some, to tell somebody at the pool this week, I stutter. Mm -hmm. You want to share about that? Yeah, so I didn't want her to feel, I guess, awkward. Um, so I just told her that, that I stuttered, and it was actually a lot easier than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. I love it. And there was a time when you would not have done that. There's a time when you would have done mm -hmm. anything you do, could do to conceal it. No, yeah, because I was afraid of what they would think, but... Mm -hmm. I mean, again, it doesn't really matter mm -hmm. what they think. Yeah. Now, you said, Elena, you're excited to speak on a podcast, and 
what else do you want kids to know? Kids who um, are avoiding and looking away and not sharing. What, what, what else would you like them to know? Um, well, I want them to know that they're not alone as a person who stutters. Mm-hmm. And um, I want them to try to not be af- afraid. And I mean... I can say that, but it doesn't really, I guess, mean anything unless you put it into action, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess just try to not be afraid of it and ashamed of it. That's great advice. We talked that the two of us used to um, get teased, get bullied, get stupid questions about our stuttering and then try to ignore it, quote-unquote ignore it. But it doesn't work because we remember the moments of stuttering and they're hurtful. And you were sharing that with me. You used Mm -hmm. to attempt to pretend like it didn't bother you, but it did. Yeah, like, even though I pretended that it didn't in my heart it hurt Mm. even though I didn't want to acknowledge that hurt but it was Mm -hmm. there yeah and that's part of what leads us to want to change words and avoid is we think that if I don't speak up I won't get hurt and then there's 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 another stage, like if we ask people to speak for us, like I go out for dinner and I ask my mom to talk for me, I'm increasing my fear. And as school starts, we want to make sure that children are empowered to talk. Uh, if we excuse children from talking, um, that can increase their fear. Parents out there, make sure you know if your kids are going to have to upload a video online or speak in a group so that they have a chance to get ready for it. Last spring, I heard a lot of stories of children who were thrust into speaking roles their parents had no idea. And in some, some situations, the children had a lot of difficulty. But one, one takeaway here about teasing and bullying is that we need to have a comeback. And I used to just endure it. And it One of the expressions I like, I'm going to share mine and then go to Katie, is just saying, I stutter, so what? Or I stutter, grow up. (laughs) Because it pushes it back on them. The stuttering is a problem to you, but it isn't to me. Katie, would you share at what age you're able to really um, say, look, I stutter? I don't think it was till college. Really, I think I was still trying to pretend like I was all better and I didn't stutter anymore and it was something in the past. But then going into college with all the stress, sometimes the stuttering can kind of rise to the surface again. And so it was at that point I realized I need to go to my professors. I need to tell them that I stutter, make sure that they're aware. Um, And then at that point it became it's much easier just to tell people because it's easier to tell people than to hide it and then it's on them how they're going 
to respond. I mean, I had a guy one time tease me about it, and we're grown adults, you know? We're in our early 20s, and I just told him, um, I stutter, I have a speech disorder, and it threw him off for the rest of the week because he was so ashamed of himself. Mm, yeah. Um, so what I'm hearing is that in middle school you were here, you made a lot of changes, and then there was still some work to do when you got to college. Yes. And that's common. That's common. The key thing is that when it came time you enrolled in college, it's all the new listeners, new environments, saying your name and being involved in groups. The important thing is that you faced the fear and you rallied, you got through your undergraduate school. Now you're in graduate school for speech pathology. That's pretty cool, Elena. Do you agree? Rumor has it you may follow that path. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Especially since as a person who stutters, um, you can help people and relate to them more than anyone else can. Mm -hmm. So you hear that until age seven, there's two boys for each girl who stutters. After age seven, it could be as many as five boys for every girl who stutters. And here I am with two very smart women who stutter. Um, And it is a pleasure to hear from both of you, Katie at age 25, Elena at age 13, sharing so much about stuttering that's helpful to other people, whether you stutter or you're a parent. Understand that, you know, in life, when the uh, objective is clear enough, there is no uh, obstacle. And it, it makes me think, for example, of a story of, and you can look up a book called No Excuses with Kyle Maynard. Kyle, Kyle Maynard was born here in Georgia. He was born with no arms and no legs. And he had the audacity to go out for wrestling in high school. If you read his book, He started out 0 and 40. He lost his first 40 matches, but he didn't give up. He developed a unique way to lift weights for his shoulders, chest, and his lats. And as a senior, he went 25 and 10 with eight pins. And it's these stories, if you're 10, 15, 13, whatever, and you're troubled by your stuttering, that there's incremental ways you can change how you feel, you can increase your courage, you can increase the ease by which you talk. So the sky's the limit. Um, if anyone if anyone tries to, uh, to shunt that, you push back, you get better. It's like if a student in school is getting C's, no one can tell them you can't get A's, right? So shoot for the stars if you miss Hang from the moon or vice versa. (laughs) I think I just misquoted the famous Les Brown. I think he says, you shoot for the moon. If you miss, you hang from the stars. (laughs) Any finishing thoughts from Katie? Well, just for Elena, I will say being a graduate student and um, pursuing speech language pathology, stuttering is an asset. It's, it's a beautiful, gift. beautiful. Because 
you know, all these other people in your cohort, they can't understand, most of them. They don't understand what it, what it's like, what it feels like to be on the other side of the table. And you have the very unique ability to empathize in a way that none of these other speech students can. So if mm. that's what you decide to do, you'll be amazing at it. Thank you. Elena, closing thoughts. We're going to, is there anything else you want to add about stuttering? Um, there is. So for people who do not stutter, um, this is pretty random, but I, I want them to acknowledge it and not just ignore the, f- the, f- the fact that it's What's a good way to do that? Let's pretend I'm working at a store, I'm at a counter, I'm a server, and I notice that you stutter. Um, I guess that's, that's hard because, I mean, if it's a, f- a friend, I just want them to, like, maybe just ask questions about it. Okay. Okay. In that situation, I, I don't I don't know. And if I'm in public, keep eye contact with you and stay very patient. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and teachers, teachers um, should be talking with parents and talking with us about ways that they that they can help us. Yeah, I think one one thing is just to be patient mm-hmm. with me when I talk because I can talk and I just want you to let me talk. Let me talk. I love it. Thank you so much for being here, both Katie and Elena. Of course. Thank you for having us, Tim. Mm Mm-hmm.